Hello, and welcome to Twice Exceptional, Teens Exploring and Living with Neurodiversity. My name is Kate, and I'm the host of this educational podcast. I'm currently 17 years old, and I have been diagnosed with ADHD since I was 10. Additionally, I was tested for giftedness as a child, making me twice exceptional. I started this podcast because living with ADHD can be difficult, and I wanted to find a way to reach people and share some information about neurodiversity from the perspective of someone who is currently dealing with it in their everyday life. Not only am I neurodiverse, but I have a brother who is neurodivergent, meaning I have seen how symptoms can be portrayed in different ways in different people. In this podcast, I discuss my own experiences, interview others on their experiences, and share research on neurodiversity. I have a great interview lined up for you today with Emmis Johnson, a high school student with autism, who is going to share their story about being a teenager who is neurodiverse in the current high school environment. Hi, Emmis. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah. Hi, Kate. <laughs> Hi. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself, like your name, your age, and your connection to autism and stuff? Okay. Um, my name is Emmis Johnson. Um, I'm 17. I'm a junior. And I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just autistic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So when did you first hear about autism, just like in general? Um, I think like the first time I heard about autism was like pretty young, like kindergarten, first grade, because, um, my mom was like a preschool teacher and like some of the students would kind of like have autism. So that's kind of how I found out. Yeah, that's a lot younger than me. I didn't find out about like any of that until I was way older, but <laughs> And then when were you diagnosed with autism? And was there like a primary reason or was it a mix of many reasons? Um, well, I was, was it? I was diagnosed like last year and um, it was just kind of like everything. Like, yeah, it was just kind of a mix of a lot of things, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then... How has autism impacted your career or schooling? Um, I think, like, sometimes it makes school really hard um, mm -hmm. in, like, certain aspects. Like, it just depends on, like, the classroom. Like, I'm really sensitive to lights or if the teacher is too loud. So, like, it's, sometimes it's really hard for me, like, to focus or, like, be able to be engaged in class if like the teacher is I don't know just really I don't know intense um mm -hmm. but otherwise like I have a pretty good memory so that comes in handy a lot yeah but otherwise like yeah I don't know in other parts of my life I hate concerts I cannot do concerts so I, loud. I don't go to concerts <laughs> they're so bad but um yeah, just anything loud, uh -huh. um, anything with lots of colors and lights. So uh, sometimes I feel like I'm missing out, so I go anyways, and then it just turns out to be kind of sucky anyways. Uh -huh. but, yeah. So a lot of it's like the sensory type things that bother you the most with it? 
Yeah, like when going places and whatnot. Yeah. And then is there any significant struggles minus the sensory things that you feel like have come with your autism diagnosis? Uh, friendships. Like, I feel like I've really struggled with friendships all of my life because, like, I don't understand, like, what's acceptable to say sometimes and what's mm -hmm. not. Um, and I think like a lot of people perceive me in a very different light mm -hmm. than when they get to know me because I seem very like chillaxed and whatever on the outside, but like, I also am very like intense when you get to know me, it just becomes kind of hard to keep friends or understand them. Mm -hmm. Have you found anything that's helped you make friendship? watching shows about friendships okay yes. yeah, yeah like I yeah that's why like it seems dumb but like My Little Pony was really uh -huh. important to me to learn about friendship and its aspects so yeah that's kind of how I learned mm -hmm. I mean it's not all on you some of it's on the other people but you know you have to yeah. find the right people yeah and then, in there yeah is there a specific part of autism that you feel like needs to be addressed more and why? Um, I honestly think that like there just shouldn't be one specific stereotype attached to it um, because there's just so many like I don't know like <laughs> I guess different parts of autism that like aren't talked about like there's always like mm -hmm. super quiet super nerdy like super mean or whatever and it's just mm -hmm. like not true for everybody also like I feel like autism also just has a very odd like negative connotation when people say it like even to my own parents um so I just wish that like it wouldn't be seen as like such a disorder like it's so bad you know mm -hmm. is there any parts that you've found to be like helpful about having autism or things you like about it yeah I like everything <laughs> I feel like I can um like feel more um I have a very like different perspective of I think like people mm -hmm. um which I really appreciate I, it just feels like sometimes like like I'm observing people like humans and how they act and I think that's kind of cool um uh, I don't know. I feel like like I can hear things more clearly, and I don't know. It's it's just it feels pretty cool. It's very it's very mm -hmm. good. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, do you tell people that you have autism, or do you like to keep it to yourself? I think I tell everybody because it like comes out like like why why are you not talking for the whole day or like why do you hate these lights? And it's like, well, mm -hmm. you know, so it's it's usually one of the first things I bring up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then have you faced any stereotypes because of that? Um, yeah, that I'm like selfish. Um, like that I'm like very mechanical and unfeeling, like robot-like. Um, I feel like that's more like what teens think. Um, but like even my own mom, she thinks that I'm very selfish and like 
stupid because of my autism. So, um, yeah, I, I guess that's kind of it, though. It's not like random people are really judging me too hard on that. Yeah. And then do you have any specific stories that you feel like really shows what it's like to live with autism? Um, let me think. Like, I had, like, an experience, but I don't know if it's, like, specific to autism, but, um, okay. like, I remember, so, <laughs> when I was, like, in the store, I like to dance, um, when, mm -hmm. I don't know, like, I go grocery shopping because I get really bored, mm -hmm. and I don't know, it's just something I do, but then, like, my mom, um, she's, like, she said, like, stop doing that, you look so, like, retarded right now, and, um, she's just like I wish like you wouldn't act like this all the time mm -hmm. and that kind of like hurt because <laughs> mm -hmm. um, it's hard to see like a parent who also like denies that you're different also judge you for mm -hmm. being that way you know yeah. I get it so, yeah I think like I guess with autism I feel like most people acknowledge it but they don't like they don't want to but they also can't help but like see it and judge it Mm -hmm. yeah what can friends or family members do to provide support for you I feel like honestly just like kind of listen to me specifically um and not like doubt if something I do is autistic you know um I don't know just not think of it as such like a bad thing most of the time so yeah that, that's about it <laughs> yeah and then this is kind of a slightly different question but with like education and stuff what type of supports would be helpful for you because there are some support systems out there like 504s and IEPs have you yeah. found any support that's helped you or um I don't really know because I don't I don't really do that <laughs> I don't have a 504 either but yeah me neither, because I guess, like, I don't really struggle that much, like, with grades and crap, mm -hmm. but um, I don't know. Sometimes I think, like, I don't, this isn't, like, specific, but, like, maybe, like, a neurodivergent support group or something would be nice. Um, I think that'd be really cool, honestly, but. Yeah, because, like, I know that, like, I'm looking into colleges, and I'm making sure that they have, like, specific support groups and things like that to make sure, like, I don't feel super lost in mm -hmm. like, I don't know, just kind of overwhelmed alone. So yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I think something that would be really cool because it's always fun when you meet someone else who's neurodivergent, even if it's not exactly like yours. It's just, I found it interesting to hear about their experiences and to have someone who relates to you. Yeah, exactly. Then do you have any advice for the listeners that may have autism or may want to help a family member with autism? Um, for people with autism, just like don't think about what others like are thinking of you. Like you're not a bad person for like not understanding or not feeling the same way other people do, you know? And you, you just got to, like, you got to understand yourself, you know, and, like, take some time, put some time into that. Um, yeah, but just, like, love yourself and everything about yourself. Um, and for people who know people with autism, 
um, just be supportive and um, don't judge, you know? And if there's like, oh, what, why did they do this? Just like, there's kind of like an explanation behind that. So mm-hmm. yeah, don't be so like, like it, it honestly, like a lot of things lead back to autism. So mm-hmm. I ask about masking and then if you faced any gender or racial type biases as well and what you know about that type of stuff because sometimes that can be associated with getting diagnosed as well but um yeah I feel like like I've always been under this like label of just like I don't know depressed or shy or awkward you know um when there's really something more underlying Mm -hmm. and I feel like that just had a lot to do with just like I like I don't know if it was because of something but I know that just like I don't know like a lot of things like how do I explain this like I feel like I couldn't really seek help like growing up as like somebody who's Asian and like trans and stuff because people wouldn't take me as seriously Mm -hmm. if that makes sense um and like I had to mask a lot like a lot of my life and it was so Mm -hmm. emotionally draining um until I kind of (laughs) cracked yeah so like I was like doing really bad like eighth grade and then quarantine came and I kind of like lost that mask a lot because I was just like by myself most of the Uh time yeah so that like allowed me to open up about it but like like I guess growing up with like like my Asian mom she was so against neurodivergency like like her own child mm-hmm. what um I felt like I couldn't even like explore that possibility for mm-hmm. myself without her not supporting me until I like kept pushing it and pushing it but um yeah I guess that's just my experience with it mm-hmm. yeah what did masking kind of look like for you? Like, what type of stuff did you try to do to kind of mask your symptoms? Um, honestly, I was just like kind of a bully because <laughs> I'm like, this works. Um, I realized like the time that I had the most friends was when I was like the meanest. Um, <laughs> I was like, okay. yikes. Um, yeah, I was just like really mean because like it just came off as like, oh, I'm being mean on purpose, you know, like, yeah, I'm like, I'm super honest. And that's super on purpose, guys. Um, But like, um, I'd like, keep myself from moving. Like I'd tense up. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was like a, felt like a worm. <laughs> but um, I think, I think like, yeah I would like like I don't know like I know that I would like act all normal at school and then like after school I'd like become super mean and I'd like like I'd throw things and hit things so I was pretty angry Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah (laughs) but otherwise like yeah that that was kind of it but it was really exhausting Mm -hmm. um what was the diagnosis process like for you because I know for ADHD I had to take like a survey test thing and then I had to do like another test thing where I like clicked a button on the computer or something yeah um 
like I just like I had my psychiatrist because um like the end of COVID I was like doing really bad mentally like like just because well actually no like coming back to school like freshman year was really bad Mm -hmm. um so like I was like um diagnosed with severe anxiety Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, hey, I think I have like autism too. Mm-hmm. So she, yeah, she did like a survey on me and she's like, oh, hell yeah, you probably have it. Cause I also had like, um, like, like delayed speech and stuff going, like I checked off all the boxes. So she's like, yeah, but then like coming mm-hmm. forward, like she's like, she asked my mom, she's like, do you want your daughter to like get officially diagnosed? And she's like, no (laughs) but she's like there's like probably a 95 percent like you definitely probably have it I was like okay "Okay, that's yeah so like again like I I can't like go forward because of like what just like my mom thinks about me you know so Mm -hmm. I hope that when I get to college I can do something about it but we'll see Mm -hmm. yeah but yeah yeah so thank you so much for this interview yeah i had such a great time talking with ms but if you would also like to share your story feel free to reach out to me through my email twice exceptional podcast at gmail.com or message me on instagram or tiktok at twice underscore exceptional podcast consider following the podcast on social media or sharing it with others to keep spreading the word about the complexities of neurodiversity. Next episode, I plan on talking about representation of ADHD in the media, particularly in the new Disney show, Hamster and Gretel, which is by some of the creators of Phineas and Ferb, and then the Percy Jackson books by Rick Warden, which is one of my favorite book series ever.